This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to uh, patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast if you like what you're listening to. And if you give $5 a month, you get access to a bonus episode as well. And we want to give a shout out to some of our more recent patrons. So many thanks to Robert B., Charlie O., David H., Carlton S., Melissa C., Who Am I? That's your name now. Lainey T., Bill F., Morgushka Z., Aaron L., Josh M., Harris Abrams 2024, which is a very specific username, (laughs) and Smitty Pap. So thank you for your support. We appreciate it. Smitty Pap makes me feel uncomfortable. (laughs) How are you doing? You know what? I'm good. We're doing Um, this in person for a reason. In person, I finally tested negative this morning. Hallelujah. um, After testing positive this past Monday again, and I had uh, tested positive for the first time on January 1st. So it... Even though I wasn't like super sick, it took me out of my life for two, the first two weeks of the year, which blows, frankly. Um, am I still mad at my brother-in-law? You betcha. <laughs> Guy who um, emailed us, I know that also unvaxxed people can spread, but in my case, an unvaxxed person did. So like, what are we doing here? <laughs> what are we doing, Emmett? I I hear you. I'm <clears throat> glad to do this in person. Yes. It's so much more fun. How has your week been? I don't know what happened this week. <laughs> um, I've lost all track of time, mm. but... I'm measuring time in Will and Grace seasons. <laughs> I have... I. Where do you want to start this week? I, I Here's what annoyed me. I felt like today there was so much bad political news for everything. Yep. Where it's Supreme Court saying, nope, you can't have mandates that will protect people Mm -hmm. coming from the government agency designed to protect people Mm -hmm. at work. Mm -hmm. So that sucked. And it's like, why did that happen? Because there's a conservative Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. Why did that happen? Because Republicans who don't care about the filibuster got rid of it Mm -hmm. to do judges because that's all they care about. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to legislating, you need more than you need 60 votes to do anything to help people. They don't care about that. They do not care about helping people. And so we, there's another blow to getting rid of the filibuster to actually help people mm-hmm. because of, you know, it, everyone knows. But it's just annoying when it feels like everyone knows what needs to be done of the people who care about getting shit done. Mm-hmm. But the obstacles seem insurmountable. Sure. And that's very frustrating. And it seems like it's just hitting at all corners at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's not even personal to yeah. me. It's just like everything we talk about, everything we work toward, Mm -hmm. the wrong people keep winning. And it's annoying because they're not winning. They're just like defaulting and cheating into victory. And it's frustrating. It's Um, terrible. So to that end, um, I'll start with, I guess, the lighter story here, which is also weird. But um, the attorney general of Oklahoma, his name is John O'Connor. As far as I know, I don't think he has a large national profile for any reason okay but on friday last week he was speaking to a local rotary club of uh sand springs in oklahoma Mm -hmm. and he was giving a usual conservative stump speech about all the things wrong with the country and Mm -hmm. you know what he's gonna do to help it along and you know one of the things he said is that individual rights are being overtaken by the federal uh government um, as if vaccine mandates are somehow um, mm. the Holocaust. Mm. He didn't say it, but it's implied at this point and when these people say it. And let's never forget that they're not concerned about 
individual freedoms when it comes to unwanted pregnancies. Oh, yeah, Just no, that doesn't matter. Just in case anybody forgot. Right. Um, vaccines can't go in, but they can totally dictate your life mm-hmm. and what happens in your body. Yeah. Um, he also pointed out the scourge of socialism, which oh. is a made-up thing, boogeyman, that the right has. Oh, I'm scared. Uh-huh. And then, here that was number three, actually. Here's number two that he said. I'll quote him. And the second thing... Um, affecting our nation, is a godless America. Oh, no, that's us. Yes, he said, I can tell you right now, there's no such thing as an ideal godless America. What? Wait. Yeah. What? What is he? Don't an try I- to make sense an of this. ideal godless. Is he implying that I multiculturalism think- is equivalent to godlessness? The way I interpreted that is that a secular government can never live up to anything good. And then he said later, there have been... the irony of that statement. There have been times in America... (laughs) Oh, here's what he was getting at in a... here. If you're trying to look for the best case interpretation of what he was saying, Mm -hmm. he's saying if we just play by, you know, majority rules Mm -hmm. and we'll go by what the Supreme Court says or whatever, he said there were times when the majority vote has been dead wrong. And so our system has to be based on a deeper set of principles, and I submit to you that that is God the creator. But he absolutely knows for a fact that many people believe in God the creator and still somehow don't have the exact same ideas on how to <laughs> like tr- you know treat people or whether for example hungry people should get food it's well, just one thing no, I thought those about the other people don't believe in the right God even though it's his God it's, which God is his which um, one is he the God <laughs> capital G God that's the God and everyone else who claims to do it uh-huh. is wrong He said that a God-based country is not one in which everybody is forced to believe the same thing. It means we acknowledge. (laughs) It means we acknowledge that there's a God who has values and endows us or imbues us with those values that are not granted to us by the government. Again, his point is you have to believe in my God, and then our country would be great. Uh Obviously people listening to this would know like the people who believe in his God are the ones fucking it up right now and fighting to overthrow the government and Mm -hmm. all that. And yes, like a regular system of a Supreme court majority or uh, politicians in office. Yeah. They make a lot of messed up uh, decisions. Mm -hmm. They've done that over and over. That's the history of the country. Mm -hmm. But the way to fix that is by, by voting for different people, by getting new justices in. It's a secular solution to a secular problem. (laughs) But in a God-given system, there's no way to correct the problem Mm -hmm. because there's only someone's interpretation of what God says. So it's it's his belief that he just assumes is the moral uh, absolutism here. The foundation upon which all society needs to be on, lest it crumble, which is... It's so inarguable to say that, like, it's such a Christian country and they're still miserable. (laughs) So, yeah, how many Christians do you want in the government? Because right now it's at about 90%. (laughs) Like, Congress is 90% Christian. Again, they're not all this type of Christian that uh, O'Connor wants, right? But it's pretty Christian. O'Connor, is he Catholic? Um, I am assuming he is Protestant. (laughs) 
I'm assuming Protestant, yeah. white evangelical type. Sorry if I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, but I feel like also, it's a safe one. He said there's no ideal godless government or something. But again, like no one is looking for some ideal godless America or in- I am. Some secular version of it for me. Think about the preamble to the Constitution. It says we're working toward a more More perfect perfect union. It's not going to be perfect. You can try to work toward that goal, Mm -hmm. and that's that's a forever problem. Right. But like that's the foundation of the country, and to suggest that well, all these people who are fighting Christian nationalism Mm -hmm. think that a godless government is or a secular government is going to be a perfect one. No one is making that argument at all. I think this is another problem that the right frequently has of sort of, um, oh, I think there's a term for it, but like pointing out our mistake. They're projecting, that's the word for mm-hmm. it. They're projecting their views onto us because they do think that the government needs to be Christian and they do want everybody to be Christian and they do mm-hmm. want to drum other people out of um, out of and government and leadership. We atheists don't necessarily want those things, but they assume they assume since we're on opposing sides, we want the same thing. Domination, which is right. dramatic. It's always projection. It's very Trumpian. It's like, yes. uh, the Democrats all commit crimes. It's because he's doing it and right. he's trying to throw you off the yes, scent. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, I was trying to figure out, like, I'd never really heard of this guy. And so yeah. I was trying to figure out, like, has he? He's the Attorney General of Oklahoma. Has mm-hmm. he really gone under the radar? That seems weird. Sure. And no, I had to do a little digging to try to figure out how this guy got here. Two things worth knowing about him: he was not elected to the job; he was appointed to it by mm-hmm. the Republican Governor Kevin Stitt. And it's because the last Attorney General, I'm Michael so Hunter, yeah, he had to resign in May after details of his extramarital affair became public knowledge. All these people are USA, also conservative Christians. USA, so that's part USA. one. Yeah. So this guy hasn't been elected. He just got appointed because he's buddy buddy with oh, the governor. Oh, that's fine. And then he in his previous life, before he was attorney general, he was nominated to be a federal judge. Yeah. Which you would think Republicans love a guy like yeah, this to be a federal judge. And he's not currently judge. the Supreme Court like chief justice. <laughs> right. That nomination failed. Why? Because the American Bar Association unanimously rated him not qualified. They still didn't push him um, through? And they still didn't push him through. Like, not a guy worth fighting for mm. is the way. Like, we got but other Republicans. <laughs> they have other Republican judges they can mm. push through when they are in power. Yeah. They don't need, like, if you're not uh, giving them the cover they need, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, we don't want to defend this shit. Yeah. Go away. We'll insert another white dude here um <laughs> why did the aba unanimously say he's not qualified specifically in the areas of professional competence tell me he hasn't passed the bar oh i don't think that's it uh, uh professional competence and integrity those oh, are the two areas those are pretty important when, when they, i think they what spoke, is anything else they spoke to people who worked with him and knew him and they're all like no to this guy Integrity and competence? Perf- yeah. Those are literally the only two <laughs> things you need to do a job. To do this job. And so what does Governor Kevin Stitt do? He says, you're a failed federal judge. Fail I'm going to make sir. you the top lawyer in our state. And this is what the guy is doing with it now. That's a lot for me to take <laughs> in here, you know? Isn't it, though? Oh, wow. That's very funny. Okay. Let's go to... Um, Oh, here's a fun one for you. Okay. Uh, are you familiar with Acts 
29, A-C-T-S, yes. Acts 29. Yeah, heaven, I famously You're can welcome. quote the Bible. That's right. So it's a major church planting network. Their whole job is we're going to train a bunch of guys. It's always guys. We're going to train them to be our mold of Christians. Oh. And then we're going to send them off to cities and help sure. them plant plant churches because that's what the world needs now it's more jesus on every corner well, it's a capitalist model to be sure <laughs> and one of the things that just They're happened franchising out <laughs> they they really are and it's not even the problem with acts 29 as many critics would tell you is the the version of christianity that they train you in mm-hmm. is the christian nationalist form of it it's very patriarchal it's the type of churches where once you are part of it and you realize how they operate, it's like, oh, shit, this is a bad church. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, and I say that fully admitting, yeah, there are churches I disagree with, right. but they are generally fine. Yeah. Um, so Acts 29 is like that type of church network, but it's huge. What's and they Acts have, 29? I assume you're going to tell me what the I don't ver- even okay. care. I, no, I don't know off the top of my head what that's a reference to. I'm sure it's planting something, something, seeds, whatever. Um, Things you should know while you are looking that up. The reason uh, the head of Acts 29 was giving interviews this week, or at least one big one to Christianity Today, is because they just announced that they are anyone who uh, uh, any of the guys who makes it through their training process and goes to plant a church will get $50,000 to help launch that church, which is a ton of money for a lot of these people trying to just create a church from scratch in new places. Uh, so I just found out what Acts 29 means. Yes. Um, it if, uh, First of all, it's Calvinist theology. Which is like very hardcore yeah. conservative. Yeah. You're all going to hell. Yeah. It was Calvinism big in like the 18th, 19th century. They I don't know. love Why would going I even back say to the past. That? I have no idea. They love it. Um, it derives its name from the book of Acts in the New Testament, which has yes, 28 I got chapters. That far. Um, making Acts 29 the next chapter in the history of the church. Clever, clever, A number clever. of other Christian organizations also use the phrase Acts 29 in their names. Anyway. Yeah, no, that's fair. So they're trying to build up the church. By the way, 500 dudes are currently going through that process. They could all get like $50,000 grants to build their churches. So Jesus. the head of the, the network is like giving an interview about what they plan to do to mm-hmm. start these churches. And here's where it gets interesting because Christianity Today has some pretty good reporters who do good work. Like the person who did the interview, uh, Daniel Silliman, is the one who basically wrote the definitive article taking down Ravi Zacharias, uh uh, the Christian predator slash dead apologist now. (laughs) But here's what's interesting about uh, Christianity Today. They did a whole podcast series on Mark Driscoll, the pastor who's just spiritually, emotionally abusive. Mm -hmm. And everyone who's worked with this guy is like, no, I'm rating him not qualified. I don't want to work (laughs) with this dude. He's terrible. He runs a cult under the guise of Christianity, basically. They just did a whole podcast series on him. So like everyone who works at that place is well aware of this. It it was a popular podcast. Mm -hmm. Did it? Was it like a perfect podcast? Did they hear? Did they feature everyone of the critics who really needed to be heard? No, that's what the critics have said. Uh-huh. But the point is, like, they're aware right. of the problems. Okay, 
So Daniel Silliman is the one doing the interview. Daniel Silliman is aware of the issues of guys like Mark Driscoll. Guess who founded Acts 29? It who? was Mark Driscoll. What? So this is like his baby. Mm-hmm. So of course, the natural question is, okay, guy who's running the place now, mm-hmm. um, okay, you're doing all this stuff, you're planting these churches, but like the last thing we need right now is guys like Driscoll. Right. So like, are you taking care of that? Who are literally the that? problem. Yeah, are you taking care of that problem? By the way, this is worth mentioning. How bad is Mark Driscoll at his job mm-hmm. in terms of like doing it the right way? The people at X29 are like, we can't deal with your bullshit anymore. That he was booted from that ministry that he started Whoops, in 2014. And he was replaced by a dude named Steve. Don't worry about the specifics. Never do. And Steve was then fired later on. <laughs> Guess why? Spiritual abuse. So this wow. is. So now we're on the third head of the organization, whose name is Matt. And so Matt's the dude doing. Matt no, Matt's the dude doing the interview. This is their second Matt. <laughs> Mark is oh, the Mark. first one. Yeah. Matt Driscoll, I think it's somebody who went to high school. <laughs> Dude. So Matt Chandler is his name. He's the head of Acts 29 now. And he's trying to give off this vibe that like, look, I know there were problems in the past. Uh-huh. We fixed them. We're moving forward in the right direction. Oh, Yay, Jesus. Um, and he even said, so here's a fair question from Christianity Today. Would the current training system and all the things you're putting in place to prevent abuse, Mm -hmm. would it have weeded out guys like Mark Driscoll and Steve, the other guy who took over? Like, would you have basically kicked them out of the program or caught them in advance because you're better at vetting the men you're dealing with now? Mm -hmm. Good question. Here's what Matt Chandler said. I would hope they get caught by it. I think there's something about the dynamics of narcissism that makes it hard to catch, so I want to be careful, but we're trying to organize as best we can so that we can vet men before they get our sticker on them. Dot, dot, dot. We've done a lot of work around this, and we hate abuse in all its forms, which is a very all lives matter sort of Mm -hmm. thing to say. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not worried about all abuse. I'm specifically worried about, like, using Christianity to spiritually abuse people and, like, threaten them with hellfire for not doing exactly what you want. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah, that's not great. So that's disturbing. Mm -hmm. Okay. And also, narcissism is not the issue with guys like Driscoll. It's they found a way to use Christianity as leverage to get whatever the fuck they want. That's not, that's You're a You're describing power. a narcissist though. Eh, it's part or of the psychopath problem. probably. <laughs> more, honestly, there is, uh, there's a book called the psychopath next door. That's yeah. been on my reading list for forever <laughs> since I read, I listened to the, um, this American life episode about the psychopath test. Uh-huh. Do you know anything about it? I low key want you to take it because I'm a little concerned. Go on. Um, and it's just a series of questions to tell if you're a psychopath okay, or not. And okay. psychopathy is much more common than we think. <laughs> and in fact, many, many like CEOs and things like that who have made it to the top because they don't have feelings. <laughs> Donald Trump. Um, so yeah, it's, I keep ignoring the book, but I, yeah. the podcast about it is really cool. Interesting. So, also, I, here's another example of like, okay, not just narcissism. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons guys like Driscoll get away with it is because these churches d- clearly don't have a system in place for accountability. Mm-hmm. These guys are able to get away with shit because they surround themselves with elders for oversight. Right. Their elders are like their buddies. Right. Who sets their salaries, for example, in some cases, yeah. it's their buddies. It's the definition of a like, boys club. Yeah. And so this is part of the problem. Um, 
and later on, they also said, um, okay, uh, what about, there's no shortage of stories about, oh, one of the things Chandler, Matt Chandler made clear, he's like, no, we're looking for Bible-believing guys who are going to live up to these expectations. Traditionally masculine. <laughs> yes. And, and by the way, he never elaborated on what they're doing to vet these guys. He uh, just said, we're vetting the guys. Okay, fine. So, uh, Christianity Today kept saying, well, look, if you're just saying you want Bible-believing pastors, there's no shortage mm -hmm. of Bible-believing pastors who say and do all the right, quote-unquote, things, mm -hmm. but who still end up facing, like, credible accusations of spiritual or physical abuse, Ravi Zacharias being one of them. Mm -hmm. Like, he said and did all the right stuff, but behind the scenes, predator. Right. So again, isn't that concerning if you're just saying, like, we're looking for men who actually believe in the Bible? Like, that's yeah. not enough. Yeah. What did Chandler say to that? I think that needs to be exposed. My concern is the moment we live in lumps guys into that category who don't belong there. So Matt Chandler's concern is so... that if we go too far with trying to stop bad dudes from uh -huh. getting power, we might ensnare a lot of innocent dudes. Or a lot of okay dudes, yeah. of which there are many. Which is, um, which is so... weird because he just volunteered that out of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like, no I mean, one asked it's... you what you're concerned about. We just said, what are you doing to stop it? And isn't this a problem? Yeah. Could have said, yeah, it is. And we should stop. He said... Yeah, but you know what? Let's talk about cancel culture. No, like, it's, what the it, hell? it's the exact same thing of <laughs> for as people who don't want like stricter rape laws because they're like, um, what if I get accused of rape? What happens then? It's like, buddy, it's probably pretty fucking hard to get accused of rape if what you, are you aren't doing raping that putting, anybody. Yeah, so, what are you like, doing to put yourself in that position? In that position. Mm. Mm. Um, so I bring all of this up because. I don't know if all of you know Matt Chandler's own history here. Uh-oh. Because part of it is like, you're saying some weird stuff in that interview right there that should be concerning. Here's a couple things you should all know about Matt Chandler. Uh-oh. So we have talked about him on this podcast have before. We? we have. Because in 2019, the New York Times uh, published this long article about a couple who basically told leaders... At the Village Church in Texas, huge mega church, uh -huh. Matt Chandler runs it, uh -huh. and they basically uh, told that church's leaders that their 11-year-old daughter went to their church's summer camp, oh, no. that church's summer camp, and 11? she was abused. And they said, it wasn't Chandler who did it, but they said um, one of the associate children's ministers, named, uh guy's name was Matt Tun, um, he was the guy who did it. Now... That guy was later arrested by local police, uh -huh. and, okay, justice system is going through the motions. Okay. But here's the issue, the reason I bring it up. Matt Chandler knew about the allegations. Matt Tun was later fired okay. from the church, as they kind of had to at that point, right. right? He never told the congregation what the dude did. So he said, he told the congregation. Is that expected? Uh, it's weird. Like, you can't Is say, hey, you're not one of our pastors. Uh, he's no longer working here. Really? You might be wondering why. Um, here's what he said. Uh, he said he left the church due to an alcohol abuse problem. Uh-oh. That was part one. Part and one. then two, he also said, uh, I want you all to know there's been an allegation of abuse by a church member. Uh, but the 
a person who did it did not have access to children at our church. Basically saying, we take care of the kids at this church. Mm-hmm. Somehow somehow, someone broke the, the line, sure. broke the code, whatever, and never made a connection to the dude. It, the only reference to the guy who did it is that he had to leave because of alcohol. Like... Yeah. Matt Chandler swept the real problem under the rug at the church, which is a problem. And that's not all. In 2011, another member of the church's staff died of suicide. Horrible situation. Just awful. And what did Matt Chandler do when announcing that to the church? No, what happened? He said what that person did was, and I'm quoting, selfish and (gasps) sinful. Fuck off. Uh-huh. First of all, the name of my next album. But second of yeah. all, fuck off. Yeah. Uh, he said, basically, the person suffered from whatever they suffered from. It's the same as me mm-hmm. and you. Um, but oh, that last sinful, you. I'm quoting, that last sinful, selfish act was covered by the blood of Jesus. That's so fucking I ableist. Mean, I cannot even stand it yeah. for a dude to be who's he, never like experienced depression or mania or He could whatever. have talked about depression. He yeah. could have talked about what anyone in the church can do to get professional help. Give a, help, give a suicide help. number. Yeah. He could have done all that. Instead, he shamed a dead person, created an environment where someone else struggling from the same things knows. Right. I can't can't go to that guy for help. Yeah. Um, and again, I say, oh, by the way, interesting enough, 2019, I think maybe this is when we last talked about Chandler. Um, the Southern Baptist Convention, one of their uh, commissions, uh-huh. they had a conference for abuse survivors because okay. that was a big story. A couple of years ago, there were so many new stories coming out, mm-hmm. especially in Southern Baptist circles about predator uh, preachers, pastors. Um, so they were going to hold a conference. A week or two before that conference occurred, their Twitter account basically promoted a book by Matt Chandler <sighs> with no reference to any of the things I just mentioned, uh-huh. and they caught hell for it Good. from people online. So people noticed. People noticed. Yeah. So anyway, so Christianity, t- so to repeat the story, Christianity Today is doing an interview about Acts 29 doing this church planting, giving guys money to start churches. Uh Who's the spokesperson for the group, the head of the group, Matt Chandler, (sighs) whose entire career has been spiritual and emotional abuse. Why were his predecessors fired from that organization? Spiritual and emotional abuse. And they're asking this guy, Matt, like, well, have you guys fixed the problem? Have you figured out a way to make sure bad guys don't get into church? And he's like, sure we have. We have a system in place. He's the system. I mean, if he's the head of the organization... Why should anyone think they've taken care of the problem? He's the problem. He's like, well, you know, we let those bad apples in. Dude, the problem's the orchard. What are you doing? One person out of a million churches is a bad apple. Mm -hmm. This is systemic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So annoying as hell to read that article. I had all the vibes of the... uh, What's the meme with the, we're all looking for the guy who did this sort of oh, thing? Oh, yeah. The, um, it's like, why yeah. are you blaming other people for the problem that your <laughs> we're organization... We're all looking for the person who did this. And yeah. so we've talked about it before. It is a, an, I think you that should leave show, sketch. Yes, thank you. Yeah. So Took me a uh, second to come up with it. Anyway, um, let yeah. me, oh, it's such a good meme, too. <laughs> let me jump to this story that's closer to our neck of the woods. No. Um, Physically or emotionally? Uh, emotionally. <laughs> oh, so, 
David Silverman. <laughs> Dave Silverman, oh, former God. president of American Atheists. We talked about him last week. Do we have to talk about him two weeks now? We do. Okay. Um, I don't even know how to describe him now. Now he's an advisor to a Republican atheist group and basically a guy who shits on liberals on Twitter all day while claiming he doesn't want to vote for conservatives, but, but man, you friggin' no annoying... Women and oh, like people of color, yeah. you're all you're all pushing me to vote conservative. I don't know what to, to do. Shut you idiots up. Yeah. So that's what he is now. But that's not even why I'm bringing this up. Okay. Um, have you heard of NFTs? People selling digital. Um, I am on things. record to saying that I know what they are, but I don't really know what they are, and I do not want anyone to teach me because sure. it sounds. Stupid. I'm gonna give you a. 10 seconds. Fuck you. I yeah. literally just said I don't, I don't want care. anyone to teach me. So I can continue with this story. <laughs> I'm disrespected on the uh, show. Non-fungible tokens. What does that mean? I don't care. You can buy, like, base. imagine buying baseball cards with cryptocurrency, uh-huh. except you don't get any physical baseball it's card like in JPEG. return. It's like an image. Yeah. It's like an image, and you just get to say you own it. But, like, you don't but because it's an it's image on the internet. An image. Yeah, and so whatever. Like, I've seen things that people are like, oh, if you screenshot an NFT, that's basically theft. Yeah, which is, right. Which, is which are, only increases the, fa- the, the, um, the fact that I do not understand what the fuck is going on <laughs> with these things. They've been called, like, a gold rush for people online, for, for collectors, for idiots. I, it's also been called a scam by a lot of people. Mm. And of course, the joke is like, what's an NFT? It's it's just, it's a scam. That's yeah. what, okay. I'm, I have, it's no out of my lane. Thing. I am not even taking a position on it. I don't really care. I'm taking a position. Sounds <laughs> stupid to me. And I, it's, I hate when tech bros reinvent shit that already exists. It's yes. very annoying. It's called a dollar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, here's, I will say I introduced you to cash. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> it I kind of appreciate like remember uh the meme of overly attached girlfriend with the big eyes like mm. tilting her head. Famous mm. meme. It's been around forever. Long time. Long time. Um the girl who originally made the YouTube video where she She's did be that 40 face. By now. She is our age, and oh. you said 40 like it's old, and I don't appreciate it. My that. husband's 42. What do you want from me? <laughs> Her name is Lena, but she ended up, she's like, I'll sell an NFT of that famous image because okay. I don't know. I guess maybe so, someone's interested. I don't know what that means, um, though. And But the thing, she actually ended up selling it for roughly $411,000. Are they just reinventing copyrights? You know, I kind of sort but the person who bought the NFT doesn't uh-huh. own Anything. anything there. And how much did you say this person, I'm assuming dude spent on this? Uh, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, over 400 grand in crypto. I'm so glad right. I wasn't listening to you when you <laughs> said that because that's forever that's statement. so much money. <laughs> but here's the thing. I feel happy for her because she seems nice. Can I sell an NFT of my stupid dog? No, I'll get to that in a second. And the answer is yes, you can. It doesn't mean anyone's going to buy it. But anyway, it's like, you know what? I don't know if she's been able to ever directly cash in on her meme. Sure. Maybe some tangential. She's on like Tosh, I think. And that, <laughs> right. if that's like, the peak of her life. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, maybe you do some interviews, you're known as the yeah. meme person. But like, good for you for cashing in on the meme yeah, of your video. Absolutely. Get your money, girl. All right. Yes. So here's why I bring this up. There is a famous meme of Dave Silverman. Oh, didn't we talk about this last week? Oh, uh, I don't know. Okay. Maybe we touched on it, but I got okay. more now. 
So the story is in 2011, Silverman, who was then the president of American Atheists, that was that was 2011. 11 he went years on ago. the O'Reilly Factor on Fox News, and he was there to talk, really argue, about American Atheists' new billboards, and they were those mm. provocative Christmas time billboards mm. that American Atheists often put up, designed to get media attention, mm. and it worked. So he's talking to Bill O'Reilly. And at some point, of course, it descends to an argument about religion itself. And Bill O'Reilly's like, of course God exists, um, because how else do we have tidal waves and stuff? And here's what Bill O'Reilly famously said there. Um, you know how I know God works? Tide goes in, tide, tide goes, goes out, out, never a miscommunication. You can't, can't explain, explain that. that. And then Silverman looked at him like, what the fuck are you talking about? Tilting his head a little bit, uh-huh. giving a face. He says, tide goes in. Like, he's yeah, like, truly baffled, understandably. And the look on his face was like, are you kidding yeah. me? Like, I can't believe how stupid you are right yeah. now. Yeah, and a couple of weeks after that appearance, a guy on Reddit, on the atheism subreddit, decided to immortalize that screenshot Mm -hmm. by basically illustrating it Mm -hmm. uh, on Photoshop. And he made the image and that image became a meme. It's, it's known under various names, the, the, what the fuck face, the seriously face. And it's one of these things that's taken on a life of its own over the past decade. You see it often in conversations where whenever someone wants to say, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. They'll just put that face, yeah. right? That's your meme right there. Just explaining social media. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the thing is, like, when it's a meme that's been around for several years like this and it takes on a life of its own because that's how memes work, mm-hmm. I would guess most of the people who come across the picture now are familiar with the picture, yeah. but they don't know who Dave is. They mm-hmm. don't know the origin of that conversation with O'Reilly or why it became a meme or yeah. what. Years ago, probably in 2012-ish, <laughs> um, my husband was working at the Hyatt O'Hare uh, for like an AV company, and he had become Facebook friends with one of his coworkers, and that was his avatar. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he might be an eight. And this was also in like 2011, 2012, 2013, when like, quote unquote, being an atheist was a bigger deal than it yeah. is now. Like yeah. most people I know are atheists. Um, and I was like, oh, I think he's an atheist because that's his thing. And then I guess Mikey kind of like broached gently the topic. And yeah. he's like, no, he just thinks it's a funny picture. Exactly. <laughs> I would guess that's the reaction for most people yeah. who see it. They don't know. They don't care. And that's fine. That's how memes work. Here's what's happened now. A couple of weeks ago, and this is why I brought it up, Dave Silverman said, I'm selling an NFT of that meme, and it's listed on a website uh, called OpenSea, which is an NFT marketplace. Mm-hmm. It's listed uh, as at an opening bid of two, it's W-E-T-H, it's like a form of Ethereum, which is a cryptocurrency. It's two. What two is the opening bid. Here's what me. that means in cash. In cash, that's about $6,600. Okay. That's your opening bid if you want to, like, own the meme in big quote hands. Because whatever, what does that even mean if um, you hey, own Kevin, it? Hey, I have a pretty important question. Yes. Um, does Dave Silverman have any rights to that image? That because is a he great did not draw question. that. Just because it's of his face does not mean he owns it. That's not how art works. Thank you. So <laughs> we have a this... painting of my dog in here. She doesn't own the painting. She's a dog, Heaven. That would be silly. That's where we're going with this. <laughs> so I reached out to the person on Reddit who created the meme. Yeah, and I'm like, did. are you aware that this is going on? And Do I wasn't. Do we have a subreddit? 
Uh, yeah, we don't. No, <laughs> no. I do for Friendly Atheist. Oh, and but like, not for the podcast. But not for the podcast. Is that something we need? Eh, if you want. Okay. Some, eh, listen, if you people want an extra Reddit to yeah. go to, you let us know. I already don't check the... <laughs> the what's it? I can't... The Discord? The, the Discord. Discord. I was going to say Substack, and I knew that wasn't anything. Okay, so. Go. He's selling this NFT. He didn't draw the image, like you said. So I reached out to the guy who created it, and I'm like, are, is, are you aware of this? The answer was no. Oh. Um, the dude is from Greece. He wasn't familiar with this. I was like, so... It's kind of interesting that he's Greek. Yeah, why, why. why did you make this image in the first place? Here's what he told me. I developed the meme. He's good with English, by the way, because of course he is. Yeah. Um, I developed the <laughs> meme... Because he's not American. Because he he's not American. Languages. He knows other stuff, <laughs> yeah. He's a mul- uh, poly... <laughs> Poly- He's not from America. He's smarter. Polyglot? Polyglot? That's polyglot. the word you're looking for. I developed the meme back when I was really into Reddit atheism, and I wanted to give something to the community that expresses the bewilderment an atheist feels when confronted by the sheer stupidity of some religious claims or way of thought. His English is better than yours. Yeah, I know. It was one of the first things I made with Photoshop, and I was really <laughs> proud of it. So wait, it was it was photoshopped. It wasn't like hand sketched. No, he, it, I don't know the uh, specific I, how he made it on Photoshop. Yeah. We don't need to get in the weeds. So on I don't this, know but. if he took the screenshot and digitized it in a way that made it look like an illustration, mm-hmm. or he yeah, had the image filter. and he <laughs> created it mm-hmm. using computer tools. I don't know the answer to that. But again. he did make it, and he also said he has asked OpenSea. Oh, by the way, I was like, do you have any ownership of this? Because like. I can tell it's from you because he's the one who posted the original Reddit thread. Uh-huh. But he said, I was actually worried someone might do something like this when NFTs became a thing last year. Oh. So last year, he actually filed for an official copyright on the image as much as good as that'll do because it's a meme and people can still use oh, it. I was remembering it wrong. I was remembering it being more sketchy. Like oh, a yeah, line no. drawing instead yeah. of... Oh, okay. So he actually... This creator, and I'm not saying his name. He asked me not to say his name, so I won't. Okay. He does have a copyright. I saw the copyright. Oh. It's, it's there. Like, he owns the copyright on the image. Yes. And he said he did that specifically because he was afraid someone might do something like this. <laughs> yeah. Um. So he has asked OpenSea oh, to take down the listing. Sue Silverman, it would be so fun. I don't for think me that's going to gonna happen. He actually said he just hopes this all gets sorted out soon. And he said, "quote with no bad feelings." And I'm sure some people are like, "No, let's have some bad feelings." Yeah, no, I mean, he, bad feelings might be warranted if feelings were hurt. <laughs> I have seen some people Our try to make the argument that, like, it's an NFT, like it's different than selling a piece of art. It's not art; it's a meme, and he's the subject of it. It's like, no, if the paparazzi takes your photo, you, you don't, don't own, own the that picture. picture. Yeah. Um. And again, yes, it's a meme. Yes, it's his face. It doesn't mean he gets. Again, the thing that bothers me is he's trying to sell it for profit to him, not the guy who created the image. Uh-huh. Like if Silverman was able to sell the NFT, he's the one keeping the money. Nothing's going to the artist who created it. Yeah. And also you would think, besides that just seeming ethically sketchy, uh-huh. the yeah. thing that was especially troublesome is if you ever um, saw a profile of Silverman back when he was American atheist president, it always seemed to uh, bring up the fact that in his previous life, when he wasn't a professional atheist activist, he was an inventor. He worked at a laboratory where, and I'm quoting, I'm quoting this from a profile. 
He has 74 patents related to telecommunications infrastructure. Wow. Why do you file for a friggin' patent? So you can get paid for your work? So you can get paid for your work so others can't unfairly profit from your work. Uh So you get to say, I did this, Mm -hmm. no matter what happens with it in the future. He understands the importance of claiming ownership for something. Right. So... The idea that I was in a meme, therefore I own it, and I'm going to try to so sell it for money. Silly. Oh, that just annoyed me. Listen, oh if you know God. the legal machinations of all this... Like, Especially because it's an international thing. If I, he, if, I am purely coming at this from a, it seems unethical. I oh. am not saying it's illegal. I don't know if it's illegal, but I do think it's deeply unethical. If you know anything about this, I would like to know if this crosses that line. Or if this is such uncovered territory because it's a new, brand new internet, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like the new frontier. Yeah, Um, maybe we haven't figured that out. I have to think that no matter what, you cannot profit from an image that somebody else owns, right? I would think, but at least ethically, that sounds right. Yeah. You shouldn't. Yeah, it's for sure not ethical. I have no qualms about that. Legal, but I it have, doesn't feel legal either. I have read a number of stories of people saying people are selling NFTs of work that isn't theirs and artists are getting screwed over. There's no shortage of those articles online. Sure. I just don't know how this particularly fits because it's a meme. It's not theft but in like, that sense. But like, is there an like, NFT of the Mona Lisa? I don't know. Like, do they do NFTs of like no, Outside known my art? Lane. Oh my god, I wish there was somebody here who was smarter than us. <laughs> Which should not be hard to find. <laughs> With that, let me oh, give a shout out god. to our sponsor for this episode. I uh, want to give a shout out to Paint Your Life. So I, I've said this, that over the Christmas holidays, I was trying to get a present for my parents. Who? Uh, what do you get them? They don't like anything. The one thing they do like are my kids. And so I took a picture of my kids. I uploaded it at paintyourlife.com. And the website basically turns your pictures into professional hand-painted images of pretty much any size. Not NFTs, like the actual pictures. And so I got to (laughs) pick the artist. I had the option to let them pick an artist for me, which was fine with me. I had a bunch of opportunities to see drafts of the painting, make modification suggestions, and the final product looked amazing. I mean, it did look like the picture I sent them, but it was a handcrafted painting. My parents loved it. I mean, it's an awesome gift. It's personal. It's different. They will use pretty much any picture you've got. The quality is amazing, and you can get a portrait in as little as two weeks. At paintyourlife.com, there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. And right now, as a limited time offer, you can get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. To get that special offer, just text the word FRIENDLY to 64000. That's FRIENDLY to 64000. So text FRIENDLY to 64000. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Cool. And yes. uh, before we get into next another story, can I have an announcement space? Oh, yes. Um, if you live in Missoula, Montana, or around Missoula, Montana, like, I don't know, Salmon, Idaho, or Whitefish, Montana, end of places I know near Montana, um, we are going to, my husband and I are going to be there on February 1st. Uh, we're going to the Iron Horse um, 
I don't know, probably six-ish, let's say. I don't know. I didn't think that far ahead. Um, I We have three people RSVP'd, <laughs> so it's going to be raucous. Um, but I'm really, 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 really excited. I'm so excited to be in Montana again. Um, it's going to be it's going to be good. So please, if you can join us, please do. It'll be a blast. Excellent. Um, the Institute for Creation Research is one of those uh, creation groups, yeah. but they don't have the money Just that Cannon does. because institution doesn't mean they're smart. Yes. Creation kind of gives that one away. But here's the, <laughs> they unveiled a new logo this week. And they really said we were kind of rebranding ourselves uh-huh. to really support, uh, to show our commitment to cutting edge science and rigorous scientific research, which again, they're creationists. That rigorous is all. Rigorous scientific research. Yeah. I mean, if they actually cared about that, they would not exist. Is that just reading the Bible? <laughs> So here's the best part about this. Oh, no. Their logo oh, is no. ICR, Institute for Creation Research, and it has an image of a strand of DNA. Can I see it? You can see it. It looks like DNA. <laughs> um, here's oh. the problem, though. Oh, that looks like it's supposed to be smart. It looks like clip art of DNA. Like, whatever. It's fine. It's a logo. It like here's it the problem with it. It's fine. It does. A lot of gradients. Um, even, they may not know this. But scientists who work with DNA would know this, mm-hmm. that DNA typically twists one way, and it's not the way it's happening in the picture. Ah, uh, geek check. Like, <laughs> the idea that these people, in a press oh, release wow. about their cutting-edge science and their expertise in science, used um, oh, left-handed DNA, which is not the typical kind. It was just... Chef's kiss right there. Oh, beautiful. Oh, my God. I love low-stakes pettiness. It's my favorite kind. (laughs) It's so much better than everything else we talked about, right? I know. Oh, pettiness is great. (laughs) Let's talk about Dave Ramsey, the boss from hell. He's the evangelical financial guru. He has a radio show where he gives financial advice. I'm so sorry. I heard Dave Ramsey, and my Uh brain went to Gordon Ramsey. You have made that comment before when we've talked about Dave Ramsey. That's so strange, because my dog growing up was named Ramsey, so you'd think I would have (laughs) other associations with that name. Weird. This is a guy who's being sued for religious discrimination, because one of his employees who basically, if you... I'm sorry. Yeah. Hold on, Hammett. Yes. A Christian person uh-huh. is being accused. Yeah, we talked about this. Like, here's why that's such a big deal. The Christian guy said, I want to stay home during COVID because my wife is like immunocompromised. Uh-huh. And they're like, nope, you're a bad Christian. Come to work or something like that. That's why he's suing. He Jesus said, loved capitalism. He said, I have a faith-based reason to care for my wife because Jesus said love. Pe-. I don't know. Um, anyway. I don't think that's faith-based. I think that's just <clears throat> moral. And I, like how you treat I think they literally like? said your faith-based reason does not work here or something. So anyway, well, Dave Ramsey somewhere, has it? held a no-mask holiday party during COVID year one. He pulled, year one? Year one. He reportedly pulled out a gun at staff meetings, Ooh. at a staff meeting. He has, um, he micromanages the private life of all of his employees to the point where if you've ever done shit in your life uh-huh. or uh, you're... I don't know, you had sex before you're married or whatever. I'm not going to work for him. Yep, then you don't get a job there, which again, private company, he's allowed to yeah. do that, but let's just recognize you, you do not want to work for a boss like that. Anyway, sure. um, here's the the thing I wanted to point out. 
there was a clip this week that went viral of a segment of his radio show uh-huh. that is also videotaped, so you can get it however you want to see really it. Good quality, I bet. Uh huh. <laughs> and so, someone, a landlord, had written into the show. So they read his co-host read the email. I read this, mm-hmm. and here's Holy what happened. Shit! Yes. This uh, the hosts uh, Dave Ramsey and whoever the other guy was. They. The other host read the letter from Dan, a landlord, who basically said he owns multiple properties, but in recent years, I don't know if this is Wisconsin or Washington, D.C., they said two different things, but he said wherever he lives, in recent years, rent prices have skyrocketed, and Dan said, I mean, that's good for me, right, as a landlord, but it doesn't help my tenants, because they're the ones that got to pay for it, and a lot of them are struggling right now to cover rent and basically do everything. Right. And he said, I'm paraphrasing, as a Christian, am I obligated to raise my rent prices to meet the market demand, or should I keep them steady to prevent direct hardship to my tenants? And so basically, Here's he, the thing. he also added, Dan, Dan, the writer, said, I did not get into real estate to subsidize people's living expenses, but I also didn't get into real estate to displace families either. Which, okay, fine. I, I won't even go after him for, like, being a landlord. Well, I will. That was a generous thing he's asking. Like, is it unchristian of me to raise right. rent? Or, like, because I'm religious, should I just keep it steady right now? Well, the, okay. Yeah. Here's the wild thing about what is the next part of this story. It's like, I was a financial writer for a couple years. Granted, I wasn't smart enough or qualified to do that, but I did it nonetheless, and... I guess successfully, nobody fired me. Um, The correct answer to that, uh, in my opinion, is to do a cost of living raise every year. And then if somebody moves out, then you jack up the rent for the next person that moves in. If you want to be ethical and still make a profit, it's not impossible. It's a little delayed and certainly you won't make as much, but your conscience will be clear, which is clearly a problem for this man. So yeah. Keep everything steady, do your regular races, and then when somebody moves out, make some superficial upgrades and jack up your rent. I hate landlords, but I'm good at being (laughs) one. I wish I had known from the writer of that letter, like, are you doing financially okay? I assume since he's a landlord, he's fine. Mm -hmm. But like, are you in some rush to make money? Are you just greedy? Is What's the issue here? Because if you're financially fine... Then be a nice dude. Keep the rent like steady for the people who could use that help. And then, like you said, yeah, if they move out, jack it up for the next dude. Whatever. I do. I'm sorry. Are, no, you... that's it. Like you, if I knew that, it would be right. a really easy to just say. Then don't do it. Why would you even do it if you have the option? I think if he had need, if he needs the money, like capital N needs, or even like the landlord, has a finance. Yes, the, yeah. the landlord, or even has like a financial goal he's trying to hit. I think he would have said that. Yeah, maybe. If he said, oh, um, you know, my wife's, you know, or my wife's, our third kid is on the way, so we're trying to beef up our finances, or we need to upsize our house because of whatever. I think if he had a real reason that he needed that money, he would have said so. I think it's just a matter of, well, everybody else is making more money. Maybe (laughs) maybe I can make an extra $300 a month and displace families. So here's what Dave Ramsey... Just like Jesus would have done. Here's what Dave Ramsey said. It is not what you said. It's so Um, upsetting. And again, I just want to point out, someone posted a 50-second clip on Twitter, and that's why this became such a thing online. Here's what Ramsey said. 
if I raise my rent to be market rate, that does not make me a bad Christian. I did not displace the person out of that house if they can no longer afford it. The, the marketplace market did. did. Yeah, the <laughs> economy did. The ratio of the income that they earned to their housing expense displaced them. I didn't cause any of that. But you contributed to the problem. Of course you did. Like, you're the one that chose to jump it up because of the reasons we discussed yeah. earlier. And look, if I was speaking purely from a uh, business, like, uh, no Hemet, bar, we all whatever. know that capitalism and morals don't go together. So if, if I we're, were speaking a ruthless businessman, yeah, exactly. then say, fine, jack up the prices. You got to meet the market. Mm -hmm. It's fine. And I would... I would hate that answer, but I understand that answer. Mm -hmm. But the question was specifically from the dude, I want to be a good Christian. Mm -hmm. I am asking you, Dave Ramsey, the guy who markets himself as a good Christian, um, is this something I could should do? Like it would be, it would have been so easy. So easy. To for Ramsey to say, look, I think from a business perspective, you should raise your rent, but part of being a Christian is helping others in times of need. And if you can afford it, don't do it. You'll I mean, be fine. They'll be fine. They'll appreciate it. It is good witness for Jesus. Whatever. You can make up whatever Jesus bullshit you want yeah. to get give that answer. Mm -hmm. Not what Ramsey did. I mean, I think we can all be sure at this moment in time that what's his face? Driscoll. No, wait. What's his name? The past, the guy talking. Dave Ramsey? Dave Ramsey. Yeah. I think we can all be confident in knowing that Dave Ramsey definitely owns properties and definitely jacked up the rent recently because he is a justifying heart. And like, he's also making it, he makes it sound like families, if you can't afford a higher rent, mm -hmm. they should either work harder as yeah. if that's an option for everybody or blame the government for their solution. As blame the if, government? Yeah, because it's for, their for the market. Income? For the market. What? As it, whatever. As if the landlord's greed is just an inevitable thing yeah. that all people have to do. Oof. I should point out, like, this is not new for Ramsey. Anyone who's followed this guy for a while mm -hmm. knows this is the type of advice he gives. Sure. And in fact, many, many years ago, on his company's website, Ramsey did not write it, but his website posted it. <laughs> they had a list of 20 things rich people do every day. And it was one of those lists that said, if oh, you want to be rich, up before 6 these, are, yeah, these are the habits you ought to have. Work out for 90 minutes every day. <laughs> Quiet reading for 60 minutes every day. Literally what they said, wake up three hours before work begins. Exercise four days a week. Listen to audio books on the way to work. I think I've called like two of these. Uh-huh. Read for educational purposes <laughs> for 30 minutes a day. I said 60. Which, which are fine habits hey, to those make. Those are great things but if they you can. <laughs> and if you want to. Yeah. You're not a bad person if you don't read. If you're working I mean, a night shift and then you got to go somewhere in the morning, you're <laughs> not going to get up three hours ahead of time to... <laughs> You don't have so time stoop. to exercise. And it's also such a, like, what follows the other? Do you think these people yeah. just have all of this time in their life because they are so successful so they can work out four days a week and right. read their educationally? Their wealth gives them the freedom to exactly. do these things. It's not that they started doing these things from a position of poverty. Right. And then they became and, wealthy. You know, bootstraps, etc. Um, Right. And so... There's Ramsey's broken Christianity for you. It's it's so funny. I'm sorry. Like, it's a terrible thing that People he said. People listen to this guy, though. 
But oh. Jesus, it's so blatant how like non-Christian, like quote, you know, capital C Christian, like this is not in any way how Jesus Christ would conduct himself in the Sorry, year of our Lord 2022. You... Oh, I think Dave Ramsey understands Jesus better than us. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, okay, here's a sad crazy story okay a 93 year old woman named ruth peters she died in 2019 she was a former principal she had no close relatives Mm -hmm. she didn't have any kids or siblings so what does she do with her estate when she's writing her will she says charity she does not she says i'm gonna leave the bulk of my estate uh, which is about two million dollars to reverend david bielkowski who was the head of the church that she was a part of, the Catholic church that she was a part of in uh, Chictawaga, New York. So basically in her will, it says, give all my shit to the reverend at the church. Okay. To the priest. And also she said... Not the church. Not the, the church, reverend. The reverend. Okay. Or he's in charge of all my stuff and now. And then he murdered her to get and, her money. No. And he also would get $125,000 in cash just for... um dealing with all the shit. So, like, nice change right there. Sure. So she dies in 2019. He takes control of her estate. He gets the $125,000 in cash. Two problems with all this. Problem one, even though the woman who died did not have close relatives or family members, she does have a couple of distant relatives who are aware of her and her situation, and they have filed lawsuits basically saying... Um, this guy, this reverend, should not be qualified to serve as the executor of her will huh. because they say um, the creation of her will, quote, was not a free and voluntary act. <gasps> it, that her signature was procured by duress and under undue influence. No! So that's one. Like, he coerced her to sign it or she wasn't in the right frame of mind and yeah, knew what she was like doing when she signed it. Yeah, that's one argument. Uh-huh. And I don't know what evidence they have for that, but they're saying... He should not have control of the estate. Huh. Now. But it's legally binding will, I assume? Well, we'll find out in court, uh, oh, depending see. on if it is. I should say his lawyer's defense of all this is that the $125,000 he's keeping, mm-hmm. but the $2 million estate he's giving to charity. Like, he's going to. He hasn't done it yet. Oh, yeah. Trust me on this he's one. he's totally going to do it, you guys. I definitely won't wait until the spotlight dies <laughs> down and then I just spend it. Yeah. Um, Oh, by the way, they didn't mention, actually, they said he's going to give it to bulk of it to charity, but it doesn't define what bulk is. It does not make mention of the $125,000 he just gets, (laughs) nor does the lawyer mention the $59,000 commission he would get for selling all that property. (laughs) We just glided over that. $59,000? Yeah, it's good business if you can get it. If you listen to Dave yeah. Ramsey, you would so know that. So if you're a millionaire who owns property, you can make a ton of money. Yes. And here's the second thing yeah. that is worth pointing out. Uh, Bielkowski, it's disturbing that this is the guy who had access to everything because he has been repeatedly accused of molesting children. What? Yeah. I thought he was going to be accused of elder abuse. Nope. Child abuse. 
Uh, the allegations include inappropriately touching an altar boy's thigh, sexually abusing and exposing himself to a child whom he was counseling. Ew, exposing himself. It's so uh-huh. gross. And being, Dudes are disgusting. And being caught in a parked car late at night with a 16-year-old boy twice. Same boy? That I doesn't matter. Don't, don't so, answer. And he said later he was teaching the boy how to drive. At night uh-huh. in the parking lot. Well, the parking lot is where you learn. Um, how to drive. Now I should say he was for sus- your first time. He was suspended from the ministry. Like you can't be a priest right now while we investigate you. When the allegations first arose, uh-huh. but he was never officially kicked out of the church as a priest. He just doesn't work there now. Mm-hmm. Um, which means a priest who's been seemingly credibly accused of abuse by multiple people is now the owner. Of a two million dollar plus inheritance, huh. and I mean, and the question is, did she know about the allegations because they happened while she was alive? Oh, um, because like, were you? Tr- did you not know this? Because her relatives were like, she would not have given him control had she known. Well, I think we have to decide whether of. her signature is valid before we decide <clears throat> her like yeah. her motivations. One cousin said she never would have named him the inheritor of the estate, the executor, if she knew about the allegations. But a woman in the church who was part of the same women's group. As this woman said, she was aware of the allegations. She just didn't take them seriously. Mm. Um, and again, there. And here's the making everything more complicated. The cousins are trying to use the allegations against the dude as an argument against him controlling her estate, mm-hmm. while his lawyer is saying, "Yeah, yeah, there are allegations." But it has nothing to do with a separate conflict here. Yeah, I'm not sure how that would qual- how that would matter. Like, it's not like you're disqualified from inheriting if you're a felon or something. Yeah. Um, I should say one of the local survivors groups of sexual abuse mm-hmm. basically pointed out to a local reporter, you know, cl- survivors of clerical sex abuse have not received a penny in their bankruptcy court case Oof. against this particular diocese. Really? Yeah, and he said, we just sit here watching this go on and it's demoralizing. We're frustrated. So I don't know how the legal battle here weighs, uh, plays out, but just a disturbing story on every level. You're just so consistently evil. It's almost <laughs> impressive. Um, I'll give you a quick short story here that just made me laugh because it involves uh, Sean Foyt, that uh, super spreader Christian concert musician dude. Oh. Who yeah. basically during the height of the pandemic was like, I'm spreading Jesus. We're going to have a giant concert with no masks or social distancing. This wasn't the guy who did like a road trip and went to a bunch of different places. That's the dude. Oh, was it him who That's... came? He came out here in like he came Northbrook everywhere. or something? Maybe. Yeah. He went everywhere. Okay. Played these giant concerts. No masks. No distancing. Spread COVID everywhere, I assume. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this you know what movie. I just learned really quick? Yeah. Um, I was listening to the Marion Webster podcast because I'm very cool. What? Don't fuck off. Um, and they said that this year the term super spreader got an update. Oh. Because the term used to only be used for somebody who had a disease. Yeah. Who spread it to many people. So, like Typhoid Mary or something. Yeah. Like, there's a dude in like the 90s who had AIDS and like slept with a bunch Patient of women without zero, telling it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and this is the first time they had to uh, add on like the super sweater event part <laughs> of it of like not just one person nefariously infecting people, a bunch of people willingly going into a very dangerous event. 
Anyway. Oh, my God. Just a fun fact from our friends at Merriam-Webster. Thank you, MW. <laughs> Sean Foyt writes on Twitter, I got a call from my book publisher at HarperCollins. They're canceling my book because of my political views. Oh, this God. This is nuts. Political views. Right. First of all, book publishers are in it to make money. Yeah. They don't care about your political views if your political views will make them cash. Like, second so that's of all, part one. <laughs> being an asshole is not a political view. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, here's the thing, though. People are like, there's no way they're canceling it because of your political views for the reasons we just said. So yeah. what's the real story? Uh-huh. And it turns out there was never a contract. This is from the Christian Post. What? Yeah. Sean Foyt said in a video that he had been working for months on a book with HarperCollins, and he said there was a signed agreement. The company said, quote, we did not have a signed contract. No <laughs> shit, that's funny. So wait, did he, I'm sorry, when he, he tweeted it, is that what happened? Yeah, yeah. Did he post a screen grab of anything? Of course or he just did not. said, okay, okay, He just okay. said, I think, you okay. guys, I was supposed to write a book oh, for them. Oh boy, that's fucking hysterical. <laughs> he can't even be oh, a good victim. it's so embarrassing, isn't it? Oh, it's great. That Oof. one made me laugh. Yeah, that's a good one. I, the only thing that would... This is me being purely sadistic here. I want that guy in particular to just post something saying, you guys, I'm coughing right now. Uh Just something like it. Because he deserves it. Not Mm -hmm. the gullible people going to his concerts. Well. Less so them. uh More so him. Mm -hmm. And he's avoided it. I get. Well, he hasn't publicly said it. I have to think it happened at some... I also... Could Some, very easily believe he's already vaccinated, but he would yeah. never say that out loud. Who just got COVID for the second time? Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck. Yeah. Oh my God. This. Why man. do I feel good about? Oh saying my God. That? I'm like I can feel his lungs calcifying in my own. Is that a thing? Calcifying sure. lungs. I don't wish for their deaths, but if it happened, I wouldn't spend a lot of time worrying about it. Well, Hammond, um, I don't believe that wishes hold any weight in the universe. Whether I wish something yeah. does not mean it is more or less likely to come into fruition. So yeah, I do wish some of these people <laughs> would die. And person on Twitter who thinks I want people to die, yeah, bud. Moving sure to the do. next one. Glad this is after the one hour mark. Oh, God. <laughs> We've lost him. I know. Um, last story for you here. Yeah. Uh, Michigan's former House Speaker in the state was actually a 33 year old Republican. His name was Lee Chatfield. And he's no longer, I think you're only allowed Lee three. Lee Chatfield is the whitest name I've he ever He is indeed white. L E E or L E I G H? Yes, L E E. Dude. Uh, he said um, he he served three terms in the House. Okay. I think that's six years there. And then he was term limited out. So he's not working there anymore. But again, when he was in office mm-hmm. in his late 20s, like he became the Speaker of the House. That is a powerful position for anybody, yeah. much less a dude that young. Uh-huh. And really setting himself up for any future political office if he's yeah. running for it, maybe. Yeah, or he's a future um, Ben Wyatt and... Does Ice Town and then gets shamed out of his country. Parks and Rec is that not no, something you're? No, is that not a thing you're fluent in? There's no joy in my life. Therefore, Ice I don't do Clown makes Ice Crown his Ice Town or something like that. The they do fuck? a lot of fun wordplay. So, you should watch Parks and Rec. It's so good. I'll uh, add it to the list. No, you won't. So Lee Chatfield uh, admitted this week that he had a long-term affair mm-hmm. and he wanted to. Why is he saying that when he's out of office? 
and not in politics anymore. Why make that statement? Here's uh-huh. why. It's because the woman he had an affair with, uh, who's now in her late 20s, fine. Uh-oh. She says uh, it was actually a sexual assault. <gasps> Three parts to this. You ready? Part one, it began when she was 15. Okay. As soon as you said she's now Uh in her 20s. Part two, it happened when they were both members of the church run by Chatfield's daddy. Part three, it happened when he was uh, working at the school she was attending under the church. It was a private church school. Yikes. Yeah. So basically, Chatfield used That's to attend fucked. Northern Michigan Baptist Bible Church, which his daddy was the pastor of, and mm-hmm. taught at the church-affiliated school where he served as soccer coach and athletic director. She was also part of this community. And she has basically, um, I believe, filed a... Uh, I don't want to say lawsuit if there's no lawsuit, uh-huh. but... Uh, she. He's calling this an, a consensual affair, uh, and she's saying that oh, I haven't even gotten to all of this yet. Okay, well, she was more 15, so here. it can't be consensual because underage people cannot consent. Uh-huh. That's the point of being underage, you fucking ass clown. Um, back in the day when this guy was Speaker of the House, or at least in the House, uh, he opposed a civil rights bill because he's a Republican. Yeah. And later on, after he left because he was term limited out, he was hired as CEO of Southwest Michigan First, which is an economic development group. But as soon as he was hired mm-hmm. as the CEO and they announced it, there was such backlash really? from people who were like, why are you getting the anti-civil rights guy yeah. in this position in a pro-business group uh-huh. that he had to resign? And in his resignation letter, he defended his bigotry by saying, as a Christian, oh. I believe the Bible. Ah. I don't want to... I don't want to hide from that, which is a weird defense of racism. I don't want to hide from that. Apparently, people were trying to get him to cancel Christianity. It's not. He wasn't. That wasn't the case. That's what happened, probably. Yeah. So anyway, this allegation of abuse was made by this 27-year-old woman. <sighs> wait, so wait brave. for it. Wait no. for it. Wait for it. Don't tell me. Wait for it. His brother's wife is the woman in question. And what did Chatfield... So she's saying, brother's wife, this guy, uh, Chatfield started abusing me when I was 15. Wait, um, not only is 15 below the age of consent, I should point out that in Michigan, 15 is below the age of consent, but also if you're talking about a teacher and a student, then the age of consent jumps to 18. So it's definitely wait. a problem. Wait, 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 what is it? Sixteen normally? Um, in Michigan, the it's, consent is sixteen. It's sixteen, but eighteen. But it would have been eighteen. If, yeah. Um, which Ooh, means boy. when Chatfield says, "You guys, it was a consensual affair," he's still saying he's having an affair with his brother's, with his brother's wife. Brother's wife. So he's he, Christian, by the way. Wait. So he. I'm trying to figure out the timeline. So he yeah. started. So this was started twelve years ago. She's twenty seven now. She was fifteen when it started. If. She was sleeping with, was being assaulted by him from the time she was 15. And he's saying it comes up to present. So he's admitting that he's had an affair with his brother's wife over the course of 12 years, during which she and his brother got married. Oh, oh, there's more. There's more? I I only saved the best stories for you. Um, According to the victim's lawyer... Okay. Chatfield... The victim being the woman, yeah. Yeah. Chatfield took advantage of her when she would come over to watch his kids. He manipulated her... Oh, it's so fucking gross. He manipulated her through the church, 
took advantage of her when she was vulnerable and assaulted the woman in a closet on her wedding night. What the fuck? Leader of the Republican Party, more or less, in Michigan for many years. I thought I couldn't be shocked anymore. Local but state police are all a woman on her literal brother's night? brother's His wife sister-in-law. Yeah, uh-huh. Jesus, that's. Whew, I wasn't. A, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that to be that upsetting to me. Saved it for last. Local and state police say they are investigating her allegations against him. Uh-huh. I don't know what'll happen. Yes. Again, he's not in office at the moment, but also. Republicans in the state clearly thought this is one of their leaders for the future. Oof. That sucks. Like the best case scenario for him is saying, I had a consensual affair with my brother's wife for many years. Including on her wedding night. Including on her wedding night. It was consensual. See, I'm fine. Right. Man. Yikes. That's rough. That's my stuff. Was that it? That's it. All right. Where do um, we find you? You can always find me on Twitter at Jess Blimke. You can also find me um, on Etsy. My Etsy shop is Bitches Got Stitched Done. I make custom cross stitches. You can order them there. Um, end of list. Join, or, you I, know, join our uh, Friendly Atheist Podcast Facebook group. We and have the a Discord. private Facebook group. We have a Discord group. I occasionally pop in, as they said, as they saw this week. I, oh, did you? I, I do. I even have an avatar and hey, everything. It's really fun because they may, I, I cannot be clear enough that I don't understand how Discord works, but they can make like reactions the way you can like thumbs up something on Facebook or whatever. Can, they They have one that's like, my face, and one yeah. that's your face, one it's that's cute. Dottie's face, and one it's that's like cute. one dumb thing I say a lot. <laughs> Let um, me tell you why I'm on Discord this week, because I play a <laughs> stupid golf game on my phone, golf. and it's competitive. I know, I know. It's stupid and competitive, but there are teams in the golf game, and years ago... Do you play golf in real life? No. Okay. I joined one of the teams, because it was on the list, and they were like... <laughs> I'm sorry, you can't be part of this team unless you join Discord. So I did years ago, and then I never used it. Uh-huh. And then this year, after years of dedication and devotion to this team, none of whom I know and never talk to, yeah. they kicked me off their <gasps> team. Hammond! I know. Why? And so I'm like... What did you do? You don't understand. It's the stupidest, pettiest thing. And I'm like, my people have kicked me <laughs> off the team. Wait, what did you do? I don't know what I did. I think it's because I did not participate in conversations with these people. So well, I had to find a new team. Who also wouldn't talk to you. <laughs> this should be bonus episode shit. I, it will be. But yeah, so I joined a new team and they said, well, you have to join our Discord. I'm like, son of God a bitch. <laughs> so now I joined Discord just so they won't kick me off their team. <laughs> That's the right no, reaction. But you still have to talk to them. I chimed in every couple Truly, like, minutes. For people like you, predictive text is your best friend. Dude. Just hit that middle button and it will give them something that's cogent probably. I will say the coolest part about being part of the Discord is I now have access to a file that says these are the best shots to take on these courses. I'm like, it's a little cheat sheet for my golf game. Oh my that God, is the dumbest thing. Dork. I love it. And this is from somebody who has been active in the Apple Arcade Reddit because I'm playing a lot of Oregon Trail and need some tips. Okay, I am not the sad one here. Uh, excuse right, you. I've Patreon. been doing this for six months. You've been doing it for how many years? <laughs> like four years. It's really sad. Um, go to- <laughs> at least mine isn't a real sport that I could just go do. It'd be like if I did like fake horseback talking, riding on my iPad. I'm like, a gamer, damn it. 
Um, <laughs> go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. And we'll see you in the bonus episode if you're a $5 donor. Bye. Shut up. <laughs>